This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Working Class Bowhunter podcast starts in 3, 2, 1. I think I left about 4 No one honestly really cares. Steve's calling me while I'm holding <laughs> getting ready for this deer to stand up. So. Glad you took this deer out. He doesn't even drive American. <laughs> See, that deer's what's exactly what's wrong with this country, right? He doesn't even support local American-made deer-compatible vehicles. <laughs> that one that one arrow cost me $33,000. Just aiming too long and just moved a little bit and I was like oh no it fired you know crap I knew as soon as it left it was just a little high but he came right out in the field made a scrape right in the cornfield started grunting walked 30 yards made another scrape you're listening to the working class bow hunter that's right this is a podcast for Billy Joe Lunch Bucket the working man just like me and you my name's Travis T-Bone Turner from the Bone Collector thank you for tuning in Hey guys, it's episode number. Oh, hold on. Oh, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Ah, it's better. Episode number seventy six <laughs> of the Working Class Bow Hunter Podcast, right here where the sun's always shining in beautiful Sherrard, Illinois, sixteen hundred Buck Slayer Place. We're right here in the Bucketorium. I'm talking into a red mic. My partner Kurt's right here talking into a black mic. What's up, guys? And Eric's talking into another black mic. Yep. Man. What a weird intro, but Dude, I'm just, kinda a, just a swig of beer is all you need sometimes, guys, to get through life. Life is troubling sometimes, but if it's troubling you a little too much, you need to go out, you need to shoot a deer, and you need to take it to Smith's Custom Meats and Deer Processing right there where the sun's always kind of shining in Viola, Illinois. They're getting our leftover sunshine from Sherrard. Greatest family on the planet. Take your deer there, please, so you know what we're talking about. That Talk way you can just be like, okay... They're right. These yeah. guys are right. I'm just going to listen to the working class bowhunter crew. I just, I know it. They're right. They always are. We always pro- will be. We promise we're not lying to you. They, they, I don't know if we're always right, but yeah, we can we can act like we yeah, are. Yeah, exactly. We put each and every uh, every time we do an episode, we put Smiths on a pedestal where they uh, where they deserve to be, 
And speaking of where things deserve to be pedestals in mind, uh, Creative Critters Taxidermy nice. right there in <laughs> lovely Geneseo, Illinois. Mark Rife. Beautiful Mr. Geneseo, Illinois. Beautiful. Mr. Moneybags, Mark, Mark Moneybags Rife. That guy, as old as he is, can shoot a bow. You act like he's 80. He's, like, not our age, so he's about that old. Okay. Whatever. Yeah. All right. Duke can shoot a bow. He can mount animals. He can shoot better than you. Yeah, he can. Yep. Well, we appreciate you guys sticking in. We're at 76 episodes in, and uh, this episode's a... Or this intro sometimes a uh, uh, a haul, but uh, if you are going on a long haul, check out the Badlands Pack's new long-haul duffel bag. It is... The bee's knees, and you could fit probably about a billion and a half of little bee. Like, if we took, like, bee's knees. Like, don't kill the bees, because... Uh, Dude, that was di- too way off. Too they're, far They're off. dying off, so don't do too that, but off. check out that pack. It's brand new uh, for all your traveling needs. Oh Sun, God. it's waterproof. That was right. a fail. That was a fail. It was it was going all really right. good, man. I was like, man, Badlands... Until you actually be... brought up bee's knees. The bee's right. knees. I don't I think like... bees actually have knees, do they? Uh, well, then, yeah. I don't know. They bend, don't they? I went... You know what, I, what happened just now? I went to be like, man, Badlands going to listen to this and just be like, man, good plug, guys. Good plug. And then you just <laughs> took her straight down to the dirt, <laughs> man. Well, if I would have said cats' pajamas, because there's people who actually make pajamas for cats, you could probably fit, like, a thousand outfits in there. Dude, I... Uh, Man, you just, I don't know where you're... Go check out BadlandsPacks.com. Uh, Look at how big that, that long-haul duffel is and tell me how many pajamas you think, how many cats' pajamas you think could no, fit No, too deep, too far All right, off, too whatever. far off. Bring her back, bring her back. Bring her back. Hey, guys, how's it going? That's too far back. Okay, all right. Let's, let's <laughs> totally start over now, or what? You know what? We uh, we can't start over because we, uh, Get we, the have episode somebody, we have somebody in the studio with us. Right. We and uh, we've kept him waiting for so long. Uh, are you are you done waiting? Can we introduce you? I, I was just waiting for some other stuff like bees knees to come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this dude's like, what am I doing here, man? <laughs> you know what? Give me a beer, he says. <laughs> this is, uh, is going to be a super cool episode. Um, Matt Peterson, and he's the owner of Midwest Dreamland LLC. Uh, stick around. You know, We're going to let you know what that is. We're super excited to have him in here. He knows Eric because Eric knows everybody. That's right. That's true. So how you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you. How are you? Uh, you know, I'm rambling. He's but, as good you know. as Steve can get. That's the answer. <laughs> yeah. He's, so he's still trying to figure Steve out. So I it's think, not, it's, it's not quite good, but it's like not the worst thing. So that's how I'm doing. That's great because I think out of everybody in this room other than Eric, because I know you too, too well, if I was on a Badlands backpack trip and I needed <laughs> someone to save my life, I'm probably going to lean with you. Whoa. Nice. Whoa, whoa. That's a compliment. Whoa. Nice. You wouldn't trust me. It's for the humor. Oh, I can, right. I can survive off humor. Nice. You know what you yeah. would do? You would laugh to your death. Yeah. You would. I, you know, I would enjoy death. Right, right. That's okay. That's you know, a good point. You wouldn't be able to carry you anywhere. So. Yeah. Solid you know, point. Solid <laughs> point. Well, 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 speaking of people who would save who save our lives and carry people, uh, veteran shout out of this week is my good friend, Austin Biney. He, uh, he's a former Marine. Love that guy to death. Okay. He's not a hunter or anything, but um, that's our vet shout-out. So if you're listening, um, thank you for all your service, and uh, we're glad we're doing this podcast in English. So, All right. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, just uh, <laughs> need to, needed a fresh reminder of all our vets over there. Right? Gracias. Gracias, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right, so, Matt, you got to talk to us about uh, what Midwest Dreamland uh, LLC is. Do we always have to say LLC after that? No. Okay. <laughs> All right. No. Just want to check. 
Give us the give us the rundown. Midwest Dreamland was created uh, in part to be a land management company as well as a real estate consulting company. And when we realized how many farmers were selling their properties strictly because they cannot make ends meet, corn beans are too low. Right. We were getting horrific deals on land to flip and not a whole lot of money in the market to do land management type things, uh, TSI work. And we realized that we need to change the game a little bit. And we looked into basically eastern Iowa, western Illinois, and looked what was needed Mm -hmm. um, in terms of the hunting industry. Right. And other than producing some type of product, what type of service could we provide? Mm -hmm. And voila, we came across outfitting. Mm -hmm. And that's the road that we're still on. We'll see if there's any forks coming up. But I think we're going to stay true onto this path for at least a few years coming. And uh, we'll see if we can't get some big bone on the the ground. So that's got to be an intimidating thing to get into. I mean... Right, you know, because it's very intimidating. I yeah. feel like when guys are like, "I'm going to get in the hunting industry," it's almost like a go-to thing. Like, "Well, I'm going to start my own TV show." Well, I got a Facebook page. You like my Facebook page? I got a hunting show. But that's right. you mean you don't want to be on my pro staff? Right, right. <laughs> Taco Bell gets me soft, so you guess I could say I'm on their pro staff. <laughs> but uh, that's got to be really intimidating because it's it's got to take a certain amount of effort. Well, yeah, it's, it's well, it, a lot of effort. And start, it's another thing just to jump into. You yeah, know, starting from the ground up. Too. Right. It's just like what we did. You know, it's, it was intimidating. Yeah, but right. we didn't have to go beg the bank for the hundreds of thousands of dollars. <laughs> you know, I, I haven't had to call the bank, but I have had to call the boss at home. And without her support, I would be. You wouldn't be at sitting home. here right I'd, now. I'd probably be finishing up my bachelor's degree. Uh, I would be looking at what type of cool. Taco Bell pro staff to be on. <laughs> <laughs> and, nice. Are you got a sugar mama then? No, no, not oh. at all. Not at all. <laughs> trying just, to, just trying to, to get her home so I can. Oh, there you go. Just, just a, just a guy, spiritual guide, basically life coach. You should have just said life sugar coach. mama because everybody wants a sugar mama. Oh no, <laughs> I, I just can't say it. I just can't say it. She's, <laughs> she's sweet though. But uh, you know, it, it's very intimidating because you look at proven people in the industry mm-hmm. and, you, and you think. How did they get there? Well, yeah. they, everybody went through a rough patch sometime. Oh, right? yeah, for sure. But you don't see that on the front cover. No, no, definitely So not. for the people that are wise enough to dig into things, they realize that there's endless opportunities if you want to put forth the effort. Mm-hmm. And looking at the need for a legitimate outfitter who has legitimate hunting ground, no trespassing. We're not going to do anything. There's actually a lot more of that than what you would ever think. You would never. Right. And I've tried doing as much research as I can to Mm -hmm. get in to figure out in terms of the competition, who is doing those uh, unethical acts. Right. And in terms of the money, we're self-funding. I have no business debt, which is great. Um, Mm -hmm. I guess I have hours debt to the wife that I need to get back home to. Right. But other other than that, I mean that's that's everyone in this room when we, well, when you guys have wives. You know, but, we pretty much all do without the official that. title. Right. That, yeah. Same thing. Know. Same thing. Right. Uh but the business would get started, you have to start advertising. And unfortunately, if anybody understands business, not everything is as true as it sees mm-hmm. or as it comes across. Right. So what you have to do is almost not lie. But you almost have to convince uh, with maybe ninety nine point nine percent truth. You're marketing and at the you know it's all marketing. It's all marketing, and 
I hate to sound like a car salesman, but we have big deer. We're in southern Iowa. Landon Lee and Tiffany Lukoski. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're Martin not lying about all that. That's no, all true. Mark and stuff. Terry Drury are, you know, a couple hours to the west. We're in the really good areas. Great genetics. Big deer. Yep. Speaking of all the big deer in your house. Thank you. I, they're all over the Midwest, but southeast Iowa has been very special to me. It's I call it the sacred hunting ground. It's the mecca of whitetails. Well, yeah, yeah. it's a it's a really unique place. It's just like the um, what do they call it the the uh, the Golden Triangle. You're talking or about? just you know that you know the Pike County, the whatever county, yeah, the, the Buffalo Triangle. County of Wisconsin. You know all that. So it's uh, southern Iowa, Iowa is like boom the yeah. place you want to be. Yeah, I mean it's pretty close to it's pretty close. I mean in terms of geographically, it's very close to Quincy. You go across, and mm-hmm. you make that little tri-corner area with missouri iowa and illinois mm-hmm. and you get all these great genetics yep and unfortunately iowa is one of the only states left that hasn't been over hunted uh where all the outfitting is illinois allows way too many hunters in each year yes uh for proper management techniques yes and uh missouri as well with the over-counter tags iowa has yet to cross that fence and i, I hope they don't ever I do hope it. they don't either it's beautiful yeah i know it's uh, beautiful you know Kind of not to get too off uh, topic, but I know some kid who I, I don't think he really ever hunted a day in his life, and him and his dad just went down to Missouri and put a rifle in his hand. You know, kid. Well, the thing kid gut shot at a, a a deer, and I'm just like, nice. how did you not? Well, it happens, but I know. But... Anyway, back onto like what I hope that, and I've always said this talking to Eric because Eric's an Iowa boy as well, you know, and. I'm like, man, I wish Illinois would model, like, the firearm season off of Iowa because our firearm season, it cuts us off, and they put the firearm season in our rut. Right. Put it way before and then way after. You know? It, well, ours are both after. That, oh, both of them are after. I thought yeah. you guys had an early firearm season. The early firearm season is for residents only, and it's in the, oh, okay. pretty much the right between the 2nd and 3rd, 3rd of October. So right around the 17th through the 24th, 25th time frame there. Okay. And that is a very restricted time. It's the early muzzle machine. You have to actually get in before the quota is gone. It's a very small quota. Um, well, that's not so bad. It's then. not so bad. But also, for the most part of the last you know three, four years, that's also during that last part of the October lull. Mm-hmm. So unfortunately, right. you don't get great activity. So even with that being early, we still don't have guns gun hunts during the prime rut time right but then again it's it's not an absolute slaughter you guys are going to create bigger deer because of that because right i mean there's different ways to look at it but illinois basically the first shot at firearm season is yeah in the rut arguably it's right in the peak rut maybe a little after but still deer are running chasing whatever and it's just a slaughter. Yeah, when when a hundred thousand deer are killed each year in Illinois, and in one weekend fifty thousand of them are. Uh, sorry for you gun hunters out there. That's uh, what we call genocide. No, you know, come, yeah, on, come no, on, no, you All can't right. say that. You can't say that, Steve. All right, it, that's but you know, there's too if, far. If, if they would move it back a little bit, you know, the the deer. I just think model it after Iowa. Yeah, model it after Iowa. There's nothing wrong with Iowa still putting out big deer. There are, granted, I'm from Iowa, so I have a little bit different perspective on Iowa. I've talked to a few different Iowa DNR officers from the whole eastern part of the state, which has been phenomenal deer hunting north to south. Mm-hmm. But they have also verbalized concerns of our our gun seasons because of the party hunting and the amount of deer we take out. I think we've, I think we took out over 150,000 last year during mm-hmm. gun seasons. I could be wrong on that. It's, I think that's right about what Illinois was, so it's it's. 
right? The only, difference, not, is sure time, the the only difference is time frame. Right. And I would, I wish that we could restrict the amount of tags that would go out during those seasons. I know most residents would disagree with me. It's I grew up party hunting myself. Mm-hmm. It's fun. You're slinging lead. You're right. with your buddies. It's right. a great time. And for most beginning hunters, that's what you want it to be. Yeah, yeah. Right. That'll get you in. We're the way we're hook. talking right now. We're looking at the benefit of the health of a of the overall deer herd right. of Iowa and Illinois. Right. So people that if, if you're taking that the wrong way, you kind of gotta gotta well, kind of gotta gotta see our point. You know what I mean, though. Right. It's right. we're we care for these animals. Yeah, we kill them. And everyone listening to this understands why we're talking about it. They're all our type of people. But if you don't hunt, and for some reason you're listening to this podcast, you know we care about these more more. I can't even talk right now. We care more about these animals than you ever will. That's exactly right. We concert, well, not to sound like Jim Shockey here, but we are legitimately the main reason we have these yeah. animals to harvest. Right, right. Exactly. We fund everything. I mean, and we're not talking just the U.S. We're talking, I mean, worldwide. We're funding every yeah. ounce of the conservation. And uh, especially Africa right here at home. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Africa is ridiculous. Thanks uh, Ricky well, Gervais for allowing deer or lions <laughs> to be killed. But, right. uh, you know, yeah, it's like, you know, guys like you. Yeah. Obviously, you're running a, an outfitter, you know, business and, um, you know, you've got a limit on, you know, obviously how many deer people can kill. And you've taken on areas where it's only certain times that that people can can hunt in only certain, you know, ways they can hunt. You know, to me, there's there's a lot of outfitters that are doing a lot of good because they're buying all this land mass, and they're saying, look, there's a maximum of six guys they are going to be in here, right. you know, rather than you taking that, and now all of a sudden that 2,500 acres that six guys can hunt, and that's it, maybe, so, you know, 12 deer total, depending on how you run things. Right. Then you can break that 2,500 up into where it's, you know, now... 20 guys can go hunt and all of a sudden 40 deer are gone you know right well and not to mention like he's in iowa outfitting in iowa so they have to draw a point system too yeah so i I do have one iowa resident hunting with me this year one really yeah one one well let's circle back to what you're all about we kind of got a not really off topic but you know important conversation is what i'll call that but uh so how difficult has this been to get into this part of the industry and i'm doing air quotes you know what i mean this part of the industry is i think anyone can get into but the the most important thing is well we'll break this down into two most important things you have to be a good person yeah and like what you're saying there's a lot of dirty there's, there's business shady dirty business. shady business that's all awesome. we don't need that right and the second part is you have to be willing to lose for the greater good of winning later on yeah and by what by that I mean that you have to sacrifice money, you have to sacrifice time in hopes of in terms of enabling your marketing path forward for mm-hmm. years to come, and that has been the ch- number one challenge for me. Uh, but again, like we said earlier, marketing is very important. It's pretty much what we have to do, and you almost have to fib a little bit, um, but not we can't lie. Yeah, which I understand that. So, so do you think it's more? What's more difficult to kind of convince someone to come to you, to you to for a hunt or whatever? Um, is it someone that's like on the eastern part of the country or wet, way western part that doesn't I have, get? To... I have both. I have a I have a group of ten guys who actually booked out my second gun season mm-hmm. for camp next year uh, for twenty seventeen. Uh, mostly this year twenty sixteen, 
is what I assumed it would be, is mostly East Coast guys. That's what I was going to say. I would expect East Coast New York, Pennsylvania, then you pretty much get down into the Carolinas, and then you might get a hit or two in Florida and start circling back around to the west a little bit. you got Alabama, Georgia, Mississippi, Arkansas, Uh uh, Louisiana. See, what another thing I was going to say, too, so that's probably easier to market to the East Coast guys, right? So what about, is it a little more difficult to convince people that live in Wisconsin, Iowa, Illinois, Missouri, because they have some little ground here to hunt? Or like, do you get guys from Chicago, like we were kind of talking before the podcast, that are like, well, I live in Chicago, I like to hunt, but I don't have any place. You know what I mean? Is Right. It's kind of been mixed in terms of what I've been able to see this year. Now, this is a startup year, so I know I have a lot to learn. Right. Uh, we have quite a bit of interest from northern states, but it's probably on a, a three-to-one ratio with out east. So we're getting, you know, 300s out east, they call us, to everyone that we might get from Wisconsin, Minnesota. Yeah. Um, but really, I think the people that live up north, they're used to good deer hunting. They're It's very similar to Iowa, Illinois, Missouri. Yeah. Used to the genetics, the potential. Down right. south, we're talking about very, very small, uh, well, very small racks. I mean, you're talking a healthy buck down there might weigh 150 pounds. Yeah, and it's very different. So the guys it's like are, our does, right, right. Oh yeah, it's so it's very different. And I think that the guys up north do the research and they know what Iowa brings. Now, from business standpoint, majority of people that come on an outfit to hunt are older. They're 45, 50 plus older. Mm-hmm. Uh, those guys have been around the block a few times. They know what they, they're looking for. They know what type of deer they want to kill. Mm-hmm. And they can also judge deer very well yeah. on the hoof. Do you think part of that is too, like you, you said, the experience, but getting older, like it's, now I'm not saying the guys in their 40s and 50s, it's difficult for them guys to hang stands and scout on their own. But even beyond that, do you think that's what it is? Or just kind of like, I don't have time to do all that stuff. Like it's just easier for me to come to you and have you guide me on a hunt. I think it's a combination of it. Gotcha. I think that age is a big play. Uh, a lot of guys over 65 this year coming in, and they say, I need you to drive me to the blind. Yeah. And I said, well, we might spook deer out. Well, that's okay. I still want to come. I trust you. And that's great for me. Which is me. cool. It's cool for me. And I understand if I'm that old, heck, I hope I'm living. <laughs> but if I, get the chance, if I get the chance to deer hunt, I really, really, really want to make the most out of it. And yeah, sometimes right. that's going to be an outfit. Enjoy your time, Well, man. I think, too, yeah. with, yeah, like, some point. people right. from, like, the East Coast stuff, it might be on their bucket list to come to Iowa and shoot a nice, mature whitetail, you know? like For sure. For us, you know, to go out to Colorado to shoot elk, you know? It, yeah. It's kind of like the same thing. But how, Eric, yeah, how many definitely. people have we had on that are like, what's your dream hunt? They're like, 160-inch Illinois or Iowa whitetail, right. and I they mean, live in the Midwest. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I can respect that, man. I understand that completely. Definitely. You know, there, there is absolutely nothing wrong with, uh, you know, going to an outfitter, you know, because, you know, if if you can have somebody help you put you on a deer, that's that's not a problem. You know, it's up to you to to be able to put the good shot on the on the critter. But at the same time, you know, it's really not going to hurt anything if someone's like, look, we've got this spot. There's this buck that's been coming through here at about, you know, four four thirty, you know, get there. You might see it because, you know, at the end of the day, how many times have you and your buddies been around, you know, that like sometimes you hunted properties with and they're like, dude, I saw that buck there. He was out there yesterday. You know, go there. There's really no difference other than, you know, you got these guys that are they're doing this every day. So they're going to know where the deer are. That's exactly right. right. We are a tool to the hunter. And it's I mean, it's a convenience. It's more of it's not the easy path. Outfitted hunts are not 
You're still sensor. hunting. It's still yeah. hunting. We're not roping them to the tree saying, here you go. <laughs> right. You don't have them yeah. handcuffed to a tree and you just let them go as soon as the guy yeah, gets into the stand. If, even if not you know technically. That, that deer's there at 4.30, <laughs> the wind isn't exactly going to be perfect every time. Well, how many times do you have a trail cam picture? I mean, this doesn't happen often to me because I just, I'm not that lucky, but it's, you know, you see those guys on TV wherever, oh, this dude's coming in at 4.30 every night. I'm going to go set up in there. He should show up right at 4.30, and I'm going to kill him. Whoa, he didn't show up. Oh, he's on the other end of the field. Just that's how it happens. It's a wild right. animal. can do whatever the hell it wants to do. <laughs> Completely. It's not – I mean, it is rocket science technically, but, I mean, it it is never certain. We can have yeah. a deer that we think is 100% huntable. He's showing up consistently three days in a row, same time, same direction. He's using the same bedding source, coming to the same food source. You'd think it'd be okay. Let's show up and kill him. Yep. Right. Unfortunately, it doesn't happen all the time. No. If you, you know, and, and, and that goes back <laughs> to you know a lot it's of a guys of that, draw. that hate the high fencing. It's like you know, at the end of the day, they're still wild animals. You know, it's not like you're hunting at a petting zoo, which that probably would have had. That's the what people same don't get luck, about hunting, know? like anti hunters. It's like that deer can literally, literally go wherever the hell it wants to go. It yeah. can do whatever they want. It can, it can go wherever it wants to go. It can do whatever it wants, and those ten foot fences. I mean, those deer could jump that technically if they, I guess if they want to, I think I saw a picture. It could be Photoshop, but I'll, I'll stick with it and say that's legitimate. <laughs> yeah. I I'm, mean, I think if they really wanted to, that they could probably clear that fence. I've seen deer do some crazy stuff like jump up like embankments that are washed out. And I'm like, no way. Oh no. That deer just hopped up in two jumps. Like, oh, that was nothing. Right. Is that they're different? They're not humans. I yeah, see, they, they've I, I, literally got nothing but time to try that. <laughs> like, it's not like it's just like a one time and they're they're absolutely done. It's, well, it's not like it's like I'm going to try this. It just does it. Like they don't have to go. They don't think you know, about it. Like they, they don't have to go check out what's new on Netflix. You know, they're like you know <laughs> today is the day that I just go over there. You know, and what's <laughs> what, what stopped me from over there? Well, that and like all their whole day is. Get over that to get over there. Yeah, a ten foot fence. Sex, you know food, mean? survive. That's all food, animals think. Bed, water, survive. Mm-hmm. Pretty simple. Yeah, I could jump. <laughs> I could jump a ten foot fence. Me for all any one of those. Even yeah. just to smell any one of those. Steve right, would try mind. and let's jump, a, give up, and figure out a way to get under it. <laughs> let's, let's let's move on. All right, Matt. We already kind of touched on this a little bit, but I want to hear. This is your time to just explain what makes a good outfitter. Just as a whole. A good outfitter has to have a goal in mind, and that goal really needs to be to make your hunters content and happy mm-hmm. or successful whatever, or whatever. It's a case-by-case basis with your hunters. So an outfitter has to keep in mind that he's not the only one in the neighborhood hunting. There's landowners, there's cousins, nephews, friends that want to hunt the deer. I don't want to lease everybody's ground. Mm-hmm. I want to keep my little part that I can manage. That's I can still put as many hunters on that I need to, mm-hmm. and I'm going to do it. Um, also, in terms of QDMA, mm-hmm. there's things that you have to do to make Which, sure. What is QDMA for people who are just Quality Deer Management Association? So you use QDM tactics, practices that. Uh, I mean, we're talking anywhere from land improvement. We're talking about. The number of does that you're going to harvest off your property each year. You're talking about the type of age class you're looking for on your mm-hmm. bucks. Lots of different things that you can do research on and figure out what can make my hunting quality higher. Yeah. Yep. And I think that as an outfitter stays true to those values, I guess you could say, I think that they're going to be successful. And as long as they want to make their hunters happy and do things right, 
legally, ethically. Yeah. The sky's the limit. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, even even if they're not successful, you want them to have the best time that you possibly can. That's yeah. exactly right. And so you're the, you know, you're a working man. You know, you work hard at, at you know, providing a service for people. Um, you know, why should... Why should working class people, you know, think to look at, a, at an outfitter, you know, rather than try to go door to door? You know, what would or even better yet, an outfitter in Iowa versus Illinois or Missouri yeah. or wherever? Well, first off, I think everyone should hunt Iowa over Illinois or Missouri. <laughs> but I guess I'm a little bit because that's where you are. That's where I am. And I mean, he, I just he, he would say I, that I, because I, he's, I think the same he's, thing. I, He's Honestly. already had too many bush lattes, but yeah, that's why you think that. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> really, one. And, and really, I think a working class person should look at us because those guys get a very limited amount of time off from work each year. They don't have the time, per se, you know, to travel across three states to get to a certain property and manage your property as much as what I could. Mm-hmm. I'm being there. I'm putting in food plots. I'm doing scouting all year. I can do that work for them, and that's mm-hmm. that's part of the convenience. Now, for someone who wants to really push the limits, maybe make the boss at home a little bit unhappy, take a little mm-hmm. extra time off of work, maybe the real <laughs> boss isn't happy, you can do that. Yeah. Um, there's lots of different packages for different people. We're talking cheap all the way to very expensive. Lots of different type of setups you can do. So can, can you go into a little bit of detail of that now, or do you want to save that for a little bit later in the show? Yeah. Totally up to you. What? Well, I can talk about me and how I compare to other outfitters. Yeah, go we ahead. have this year. We have three different packages. We have a do-it-yourself, a semi-guided, and a fully guided. Fully guided does not mean there's a guide sitting with you in a tree or in a blind. That just means a guide's directing you to which stand to hunt in the morning and picking you up in the evening. Mm-hmm. Semi-guided is you're basically getting access. You're paying a, pretty much a expensive trespassers fee to get on a property that we have scouted. <laughs> oh, that really? That we've scouted. We put in the food plot. Food plots are expensive, by the way. Mm-hmm. And this, we know where the deer are. We're going to give you a scouting report, an aerial map with everything marked off. It's really going to be very simple for you to kill a deer as long as you listen to us. Mm-hmm. Um, Which, that's pretty cool. It's it's a little bit different. A lot of outfitters are starting to do that. It's kind of unorthodox compared to the old school way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's kind of a changing uh, pattern. It's, it's, that kind of, it's kind of a challenge for the people, too. I mean, it's more of a challenge. And a lot right. of guys that call, they, they want to pay for they want to pay for hunt. They want a challenge. Right. And to those people, they really don't care if they go home with tag soup. And so it's risk versus reward. You probably get more experienced hunters doing that um, doing that hunt package, I guess, if, if you right. want to call it. Because you'll, you'll let them hang their own stands and everything, right? That's for the do-it-yourself option. Yeah, that's what where, I mean. Yeah. Where the guys can come in and hang their own stands, except because we want to protect the integrity of our properties. I mean, we want to control who's going in there. And for us to do a seven-day do-it-yourself, or do-it-yourself hunt, and allow someone to go in there a month early to hang stands, well, what if I want to put a guy on uh, that farm three weeks later? Mm-hmm. I can't do it. That turns it into a lease. Yeah. And that's the difference. So so you have to interview people that want to do that type of, I guess that's... I like, have to get a very good feel for what type of hunter they are. If they're if they're knowledgeable, if they're going to go in and bust a property out, right. I have to try to steer them away from that. Mm-hmm. So I can protect the integrity of the properties, of course. Yeah. Well, well I mean, you have to it's smart. the you future, to, yeah. of your, future of your right. business. Right. Point. Outfitters Betty. are notoriously known for blowing out properties, ruining deer herds across board. And like I've said, I have no intention of doing that. Um, hunting in Fulton County, I remember, uh, I don't know, a few years back, there was like a big scare of outfitters moving in. Don't tell anyone where you killed your deer. The, outfitter, the outfitters are moving in. Here come the outfitters. Oh, everyone was freaking out. And it went from, there's a, in Canton, Illinois, there's a farm king there. And they used to do this, um, 
trophy buck wall. He'd come in, they did competitions. Well, it was always packed full of these monster bucks all over Fulton County and surrounding counties. Well, then once that big outfitter scare came in, no buck pictures were posted on this wall. Don't <laughs> they didn't put, want any idea yeah, where they were coming the, from. The outfitters are moving in, which I see what the scare is, kind of, but it's and like what you said earlier, not all outfitters have good intentions or honest. They're, some are a little shady. And some just aren't knowledgeable. I mean, some of or them that. Just, they make very poor decisions, right? And it it becomes at that point it becomes about money. And well, yeah, that's scary and, too. Because if yeah. I'm going to spend, well, I don't know, I'm just going to throw a number out there, like six thousand dollars on seven. I don't know where if I'm even close to the price range, but just spend a good chunk of my hard-earned money, and it's a shady dude. You just you're gambling with your money, right? You know, and any paid hunt that you go on, whether it's a lease, an outfitted hunt, uh, any well anything. It's a risk. It's not yeah. guaranteed. There's oh, for sure. so many factors to include in your decision. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to be able to, like, you, I can tell you're honest. Just We talked before the podcast. If I'm going to spend my money, it's going to be someone that, like, I, if I'm going to go to an outfitter, I'd like to meet the person and talk to them. Oh, get sure. a feel for them. And first. get a feel Absolutely. for them before I spend whatever amount of money I'm going to spend on it. And that way I know, like, I got to understand I'm not always guaranteed to kill something. You're not. Right, your success rate is not always there. But if I'm going to spend my money somewhere, it's going to be with someone I trust and say, you know, I'd rather spend my money here with a guy that is personable, down to earth, can be like, you know, this is what I'll set you up on. Tell me. Right. Versus some dude who's pretty shady and a little one off. You know what I mean? And that's where I kind of went too. is like, it's your experience you have there all is a big part of going to an outfitter. Right. We ha- there's a, a very unique difference between what the industry calls big box outfitters versus small box outfitters. Mm-hmm. And because I just don't want a uh, defamation lawsuit against me, what I'm going to say is that there's three big box outfitters that can that are in Iowa and Illinois. Uh, some individually, some are in both states. Those guys, I get half of their half of their customers from last year will be split up amongst the small box of the next year. Yeah. Very few repeat customers because of the, you become a statistic, you become a dollar sign. Yeah. And at that point, the hunt's not personal. There's no connection. They're right. doing it. It's they're doing fun. it for the money. They're, they're doing it for the money. They're right. trying to make a big, I mean, obviously big ch- paycheck this year on a startup year. I'm going to be lucky if I make 10 grand, I'll be just flat honest. Yeah. My money is being invested into everything that I can in term, for the hunt, food plots, leases, mm-hmm. Tree stands, cameras, everything. I have to put in as much as I can for the hunters. And that's the difference between a small box and a big box guy. And so for guys who are looking for a hunt who value their money, you know, as a working class man would, they want to do that research because it'll pay off. Right. You know, it's like, you know, you want to keep your money local. You know, do you get a big box? It's like, you know, mom and pop versus big box is, right. is kind of how you're, how you're saying. And, you know, you, you might get lucky on some of those, you know, big box ones because they've got all that money to be able to throw it. So you might shoot a 200-inch deer. You might. But what would happen is if you go to a mom and pop, maybe you don't kill a deer that year, but you make really good friends because everyone's so personal. And you're like, I don't even right. care. I think that's how. That 3,000, you know, 5,000, I don't know how much it is, but... I'll pay that once a year, every year, just to have that experience and hang out with Especially all those people. Especially if you have camp. no other option. Yeah. It's a hunting slash vacation. Yeah. Oh, it really yeah. is. Oh, it is. Yeah. It, what would you spend if you went to, I mean, 
the closest vacation spot is probably the Wisconsin Dells for us. And all I ever hear is it's so expensive or, right. Uh, right. you know, I mean, right. it's sure. different if you have little kids, obviously, but, right. you, but hear us out here, working class men and women, you know, if you're going to go on a hunt, it's where you're going to spend, you know, it's a vacation. It, it would is. be a vacation for you me anyways. There is one place that I would, if I won the lottery, I would spend this every year. There's this, and it's not even deer hunting. It's this duck hunting outfit down in Arkansas. All right, and they've I'm, got this mansion. And yeah, I would I would do that. I would Have you do ever that been duck hunting, Steve? No, never. But I would do it. <laughs> but I would do it because I, like I saw this place. Seems like, legit. Oh, they've got like a five star chef and everything. I'm like, yeah, but you know, then you kind of take away from what you know hunting camp actually is all about. But that's that's very true. There's some outfitters in Illinois, Kentucky, Indiana, Ohio, Missouri, uh, even a couple in Iowa that you go you show up at camp and you're like. This is the Redneck White House, okay? Yeah. <laughs> and you are at the biggest log cabin you have ever seen in your life. And you instantly forget that I'm here to kill deer. Yeah. Right. And you think, oh, I'm staying at, you know. It's just like a re- like a, like a resort. Like, it's like, what's you perks? Filet mignon. Oh, you can golf, filet mignon. Oh, look, in the morning they have a deer hunt. That would be fun. <laughs> and then we can croak at the end of the day. I've actually had hunters call me and say, I'd like to bring my wife in. They, you know, they want to go shopping. We're going to bring the kids. We're bringing an RV so we can have camp out. And, you know, I can come hunting still. So, uh... That's the point. We want you to come hunt. Right. Yeah, but you can. I guess you can kind of get where, like, hey, we want to get the whole family away. That's so his way of being like, go. honey, we can do a vacation out here. And, yeah, that's, uh, a, that's a smart I move. I didn't know, but I got a text message later on after that conversation saying my wife was in the car. Uh, said, yeah. Oh, okay. yep, yep, totally well, understandable. I'll be, and I'll completely explain everything. Our lodge is, I'd call it a four-star lodge, very nice lodge, mm-hmm. but it's down home. It's not too fancy. You can get dirty. You can eat. Great food. We're not talking we're having filet mignon every night. Right. But you know, we're going to smoke ribs. We're going to have some really nice pulled pork. We're going to... You can your your typical it. deer camp stuff. It, yeah. It's hunting it, camp it, food. It's not, yes. it's not northern Michigan tent in the woods right. camp, but it's, it's comfortable. Someone's it, having a graduation party food. You know, well, well, it's, we're not talking food. hot dogs a, and mac and cheese. He's well, talking no, I'm talking up. somebody who's, uh, who's like right. baked beans who didn't graduate public school, graduated private school. It's, <laughs> there's a certain type of food in hunting camp when you've been out in the woods all day and you do get exhausted. Even if you're just sitting or whatever type of hunt you're doing, you chili. get back and there's a certain chili. type of food yeah, you chili. want. Chili, chili, chili ribs, like you said, pulled pork, all that fits baked into beans. that. Uh, that wholesome, yes. I'm Booze. full and yep. feel awesome food. <laughs> Booze. Can you now? Do you have like booze uh, in the responsible areas? You know what would like because I, I, I kind of want to buy one. I've been like, there's one that I see every time I drive here. Um, I want to buy an airstream, and, like a like a, a camper. Yeah, yeah, those silver ones. Oh, like a teardrop camper. The, yeah, uh, yeah. I want one. The airstream, and I just always want to park that at like hunting camp. Like, dude, but that's you can't what have I it wanna... shiny though. You gotta, you gotta. Get a well, hold of Bill Jordan and get it dipped in real tree. <laughs> I should, but I don't want to hunt out of it. Yeah. Oh yeah, how cool! Oh, that, that would be, hey, that would be cool, could, dude. Yeah, you could pour it in the woods, woods with you and shoot I'm, right out of it. Windows that come open. Um, okay, Matt, That's, don't punch me. I know you're you're at the end of the table right now, but just try not to get up and beat the hell out of me. EHD. Ooh. EHD is so controversial. But uh, EHD to an outfitter is, is, is make the or end break. of the world. It is make or break. It is. The difference between you going to the bank at the end of the year saying, I am so sorry, Mother Nature sucks, <laughs> or, hey, I'd like to invest this into some you know, a portfolio. Right. EHD over, well, let's go last year. EHD hit one of our counties a little bit on the far western side. 
And what we were able to do is talk to all two or three of the DNR officers that were running through that county, asking where their cases that they saw them. We walked all of our properties. We didn't find a single one. Mm -hmm. Thank goodness. But I had heard, for instance, there's uh, one of the most famous Iowa crews. I won't use their name, but they told another uh, famous person who is from Illinois who hunts that they don't have any deer because of EHD. And I hunt in the same neighborhoods as them. Not true. So you really have to be careful about the source of your information. Mm-hmm. Uh, but EHD, is, as far as we know, in our area, we haven't seen it for two years now. So as long as we keep a, a wet summer, hopefully, you know, yeah. moderately moist summer, we don't have any of these dried up creek beds, we should be okay. Hopefully. Yeah. That, um, well, I think a lot of people take it the wrong way, too. Like, it wipes out every single deer in Iowa when it hits, you know? It, well, that's what they think. It's right, a right. heavy impact, though, on the deer herd, in my opinion. I have some experience with EHD or chronic wasting. I don't know which. I mean, it's all controversial. I don't know which one it was or what really scientifically when you break it down what the difference is. I'm, I don't know a whole lot about it. I just know it's, right. it takes a really big toll on deer herd sometimes. EHD hits in pockets. You will have a neighborhood that is absolutely obliterated. Mm-hmm. You will have a neighborhood two miles down the road. No sign Nothing. of it. Okay, this right. was, I'm pretty sure it was a EHD. And what we found is um, I hunted with a guy that had a helicopter. Mm-hmm. So he would fly over and you could just, he would just find dead deer all the time. And it seemed like, I would say, and this is a rough guessing number, so no one, no one send me hate mail. 80% of the deer that died were mature does. Really? And we found bucks dead, but very few. No, no real big bucks. And it was a property with some some good deer, you know. Right. Yeah. Um, don't don't send Kurt hate mail, but if you do want to send him hate mail, working class bow hunter at gmail dot gmail dot com. Send it over. I'd love to chat with you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I would say eighty percent were mature does. We saw a lot of yearlings and I guess fawns at that time of year. It was in the summers where it hit the hardest, you know, by themselves. Right. Right. And um, we just got trail cam picture after trail cam picture of just zombie looking deer. And then a day or two later, dead. EHD is the perfect excuse for a hunter who loses track of a buck in the late summer into the early fall where the bow season starts. Mm -hmm. You look at a camera and you have this deer on this summer pattern all summer. You can predict his movements. He's coming to the camera. Maybe he's still nocturnal. But all of a sudden, he's gone. EHD. Nope. He just relocated. His home range shrunk down. Uh, If you pay any attention to Midwest Whitetail of Bill Wanky... Love that guy. Guy's oh, brilliant. Yeah. Guy's brilliant. Got a sign thing up there for him. Two working class boner right behind you there, Matt. I'm gonna turn around really quick. It's way up top there. There he is. That deer that he killed, the G, double double G four buck. Monster. Monster. I followed that story of him pursuing that deer for at least two years. I know that he did it for I think four, but three years. Two or three years, I followed that, and I was so happy when he killed that deer. That guy knows so much about white-tailed deer. It's an, it's my it would blow your I, mind. I promise yeah. he'll tell you. You know what? Like that, yeah, that story that you're talking about, like you know the the deer, like oh, I had him on summer pattern, and then uh, EHD got him. Now, what he was doing was his range was so much bigger because he was trying to get all buff and ready because he's like mating season's coming up. I got to look trim. Uh, I know a deer are really smart. I know a deer are really smart, but I don't know if they have the IQ in, to use that logic. I, I but, think they have to. But again, okay, because I know a, I know a lot of guys that lift for chicks, and their IQ wasn't that high. So 
They got an inner monologue. <laughs> Steve, <They've... laughs> Steve takes you down a deep pass. I think you're thinking <laughs> I'm serious. Oh my god! So, yeah, he so looked at you like Jesus. What am I doing? He's like, he's like, what dude, am I doing? Here? Is, is These guys don't know right anything. Now? No, yeah, it's it. it yeah, EHD. Like that's that is a, a like you said, it's a real good fallback. Of, it's uh, a it's a very it, sad situation when you know, that happens. You to, know what? To deer. But guys, if you have some property and it's not working out, but you do want to go kill a big deer, he's, you know, you go to the boss and say, "Well, honey, you know, EHD has been really bad this this year, and you know how I've been just itching to kill like a deer, know. and it, and 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 it makes maybe me such a better person. So, man, maybe I might call, you know, I call call somebody and let me put a phone call in. My wife is. You got like three PIs in in one package, so <laughs> there's nothing slipping by. But for for the occasional <laughs> for the occasional spouse who will miss that, you know, simple detail, maybe maybe you can pull it off. But EHD, I think, is going to be continued. It's gonna. It's never gonna leave. It, it's in the. It's an insect. Uh, that's what, how it's carrying. That's how it's. It's, you know, basically moving about. I think that it's going to be here as long as we have proper springs. I think we will be all right. I'm gonna keep my fingers crossed because that would be awful for business, and I'd feel really bad if I have hunters coming in after they've put in for a $565 tag, and I put in all the effort. And we can't put them on deer, so we'll, we'll see. We'll keep fingers crossed, though. Yeah, man, that's yeah, it's got to be tough. Another interesting thing that I feel we should talk about because on TV you always see, you know, I'm so and so with whatever outfitter. I'm here hunting in whatever state. What is? Have you ever had anyone from TV land contact you for their hunting show or the what? What kind of involvement does outdoor television play with an outfitter? Outfitters and TV shows basically live off of each other. There are very few people who own their own land. I think at Bill Wanky, who owns a couple thousand eight continuous acres and yeah. some of the best area of, the, of Iowa, Lee and Tiffany Lukoski, who have busted their hind ends, you know, their hind ends to get where they are. Mm-hmm. Um, Mark and Terry Drury, another another example. Those guys, they own their land. Mm. Now, do they still go to an outfitter out of state? Sure, why not? They yeah. don't. They, they don't need to own land in every fifty states, but right. each of fifty states. But I think that for the smaller shows, especially for the Taco Bell pro staff guys <laughs> who want to, I'll do get, respect when we say yeah. that we're just well, kidding. Yeah, yeah, don't trash them. We're still working on getting that sponsorship from Taco Bell. <laughs> In your sake, I would love some steak taquitos. Oh, that yeah. not be the best thing ever. You just, hear, stand. you just oh. hear Steve's lips smacking, eating a chalupa every You got to be careful with the wind, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> For the food and the Oh, the come exhaust. on. Yeah, no, they're, they're, the deer are going to come running. They're like, oh, someone brought chalupas today. Steve's just eating a soft-shell taco in his truck before he goes out to the woods, just cheese uh, You mean him. the soft-shell taco that has beans and a hard-shell taco in it? It's called the Double Decker, homies. Okay. <laughs> back, back, back to what you were saying. Oh, I can't even think now. I was thinking about hot sauce. We're talking about TV. And, oh, about TV. Uh, about these out, Yeah, outfitters. but you can understand it. You know what I, do. I mean? I do. These TV shows, they're trying. And I am no nowhere close to being brilliant, very successful. I just started a business. That's where I'm at. I'm not in the industry technically, but... Well, you made it on our podcast, so welcome to the industry. Well, hey, thanks, Feels man. good, I, though. I, I now you, now I you've officially it. made it. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it. I just think that, well, I had uh, an outfitter last year who's in my market buy a hunt off of me to put a, a TV crew. I wasn't even offering Wait, hunts. Wait, bought a hunt off he of you? He paid a full hunt price to me to put 
guys that he had in camp on a deer. Whoa. I'm not going to use their name. Yeah, yeah, you don't have to. The hunters were great guys, very great, very good guys. Um, but the outfitter didn't have any standing crops for late muzzleloader season. I thought, well, that's kind of strange. You're not doing your job very well. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I said, but you know what? I got some standing beans. We got a good farm that has a couple of 180, 190 deer on it. Why, because, you know, not? you're doing your job, so you get those things around. Right, yeah. You know, you'd, you'd think. So, uh, but these most TV crews assume that they're going to get a free hunt because of the publicity. Yeah. Right. Well, in terms of an outfitting, Publicity doesn't necessarily mean booked hunts. Yeah, that's a very good point. If yeah. you look at the majority of people who book a hunt, they're older people. What do older people still do more than younger people? Read. They read magazine articles. So if you could get an author from Peterson's Bow Hunting, um, you know, a reputable outdoor life, um, any any reputable magazine. We know an outdoor writer. I might have to hook you up. I actually have one coming into camp. I found one. He's a great guy. Well, we'll get you another one. Give me another more. Clint Casper. What if it's the same oh, dude? Yeah. yeah. That'd be freaky. That would, that would be, be weird. But no, that's not him. That's Good. not him. Well, there we go. We'll, we'll get you another connection. All right. We know but we know some people. Those guys seem to understand the true benefit that they have for an outfitter, whereas the normal guys who go on a TV show and maybe they're on the Pursuit channel. I just want to say, guys, Steve's taking his fourth pee of the episode, so he's just walking out of the studio. I'm going to make it all awkward right now. Thank so, you, uh, Sorry, Matt. Continue on. Does, does that include the like the pre-intro time? Yeah, he, yeah I don't know yeah, how many yeah. times he went. So he, He's trying uh, to drink water. He's trying to be healthy. Change his life around. <laughs> We uh, yeah, it ain't happening. no, but I think that outfitting and the shows they have to they have to work off each other, but the outfitters are at a disadvantage. Yeah, they, they and maybe they think they aren't, but uh, well, it, so really that's a work. common thing. Like, hey, I'm with this whatever show, and I'm whoever. Give me a hunt and for free. More more polite words. Yes, they try to milk it. They try to milk it very hard. Is and that happen a lot, or is that kind of? I've like, had I've and this is a startup year. I have close to probably thirty hunters this year. Which is pretty decent for a start. Yeah, yeah, oh, absolutely. Um, but that's pretty much as max as I want to go as a small scale outfitter, anyway. Yeah. But I've had ten crews call me. So out of those ten, what percentage is just like we want it for free? It's going to be on the show. You're going to basically they're like stern, like I want it for free, versus the percent that's like, oh, could we get a discounted rate? Or the guys are just like, we're going to pay full price. Of the TV crews, every single one of them wanted a discounted hunt. A discounted. Discounted hunt. or free? They said discount, but that really means they. They're, they they want they're trying to beat around the hunt for free. They're trying to beat around. They're going to eventually change that discounted term to, to free. free, right? And but that, and, and that don't pay the bills. Like they try to sell said. it on marketing and advertising. We can give you an, a sixty thousand uh, dollar advertising spot, right? Well, I wouldn't pay sixty thousand. So I'm sorry. I guess that's you, not you, that valuable. You know, it's <laughs> so weird because it's such a weird place to be for you, especially because you know I'm I'm. I'm not an outfitter, obviously. I don't know. I probably would never be an outfitter, which I re- highly respect you for that. Be, you know, saying that, but thank you. You know, if a show came at me like that, I would. It's a weird spot because if you're like the fan of the show, like you know what I mean. I really want to help you out, but you got to understand, I got to make some money too. You know, you, <laughs> not to be awkward, but how did the show come at you? Where we did a percentage, like he basically said, almost every show is like give me a discounted rate, which basically turns into right. for free. So, oh yeah, no. Uh, I'm trying to make a business here, so well, I don't. The need thing you. is, they're right at exactly. that point. They're taking advantage of you, so they can try and make a living. Well, you got to make a living. First too. off, no TV crew other than maybe a very select three or four guys in the whole industry truly make a living off hunting show. Right. It, there, yeah. There's now, a, there's I, an elite I, few that there's do. There's an elite few who've been around who get paid to sponsor products. They get paid to sponsor products. I mean, we're talking. 
fifty, seventy five thousand dollars for yeah. one product right. yeah. or one product line. Uh, those guys can obviously make a living on it. A good, I mean, there's a good living in it, and then there's like, yeah, you're getting by living, but you're still right. doing what you like. So, right, yeah, there's different aspects of how you're getting by in the outdoor world. You know, right? There's actually one TV crew uh, that I don't even call a TV crew. They're working class people. Uh, they're from Tennessee. Clay and Chris Hare from Crosshairs TV. I'm not sure if you ever heard of them. Yep. Uh, I, I, Clay I know, is yeah. Rambo Squatch. Clay Clay's awesome. Clay is awesome. If you yeah. met him in Nashville, yep, yep, that was probably the, one of the rowdiest times you've ever seen because I think he got into a couple fights. But anyways, great man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Great well, man. Let's get him on a show. It, it was worth it. He's awesome. He, he's actually going to be hilarious. up here next year with his wife, Chris. They're great people. I got to come down for that one. They do, they do things right, in my opinion. They never asked for a free hunt. I said... I would give you a very, very discounted hunt because I love what you guys are doing. They're They'll hard, be down hard. fall of 2017? Right, right. How about we come to your place and we'll do a podcast? That'd be awesome. Let's do it. You know, there's this... Um, there, I, just, I just cut you off on your story and I apologize. No, no, no. Yeah, it's, it's going back to what you're saying. There, there's this thing on... Um, I saw going on Facebook. It said, um, someone who knows you will ask for a discounted price, but a friend will pay full price. For what you're offering. That's exactly right. Um, you, you know, and that's kind of how it is, you know. I mean, obviously, us here in the in the studio, we know a lot of people. And, you know, we're not going to try and take advantage of anybody because it's like, dude, you know, we're, we'll pay full price. No big deal because we know that's how you make a living. And, and we find a lot of joy in, you know, bringing people like you on, you know, and, and somebody who's trying to promote their own show, promote their own product. We have absolutely no problem doing it absolutely for free for you, nice because model. it's like it's going to benefit you. It's going to benefit you. Cool. If if a thousand people listen to us, great. If a hundred people, great. If ten thousand, great. We just love what we do, and obviously you do too. So it's a passion. You know, yeah, and I so can, let's work together. So let's work together. <laughs> right. You know, stop, what, that, let's be friends. You know, <laughs> stop trying to take advantage of these guys that work year round just because you want to get a 20 minute episode out of it. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it, it this, just, it, I, it, Hey, I, I completely see your point. I do. And I'm, I, I understand it. And it sucks on the outfitter and be like, oh, man, all these guys want free hunts. You can't do it. You just, you cannot right. give your hunts away for right. free. You can't, right. you can't do it. But, and hear me out here. Don't come. Don't everyone in the studio here. Come at me as a TV show. If I'm really, tr I'm trying to give a different perspective here. If I'm running a TV show, if Working Class Bowhunter Podcast was Working Class Bowhunter TV, whatever, and I'm like, man, we got to get some hunts, guys. Like, we got to make our show. We got to do it. I don't blame them for asking for a discounted rate and or free, especially if you're on, like, a big network. I don't blame them for asking. Oh, no, I won't cast stones at them. But I would do more than that. I would Like, yeah, you gave me a hunt. Give me a shirt. Give me a hat. I'll wear that, like, the next three episodes. I don't care. <laughs> And, and then you well, realize that's just, that, that's just me. Well, that's true. You, then you realize they've called about thirty other outfitters across the country. Yeah, they're going to have thirty sweatshirts that they all can't wear in the you know, right. <laughs> yep. So well, Steve could different. figure it out. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I got dude. I, I wear like thirty sweatshirts stitched together. I'm telling you one. right now, any company that <laughs> listens or any company that does anything for our podcast, and and you know, we we literally only work with companies we really believe in. And that's why there's a select few, and most of them are local. The only one that's not local is Badlands right now, and. uh Steve will get gear, like apparel from these companies, and I'm not kidding you, literally. Won't take it off. For three months straight, he wears those shirts everywhere until they're so worn out. Like, 
we have to call these companies again and be like, please send Steve some more shirts. <laughs> That's how I am. That's how I am. It's insane. Like, you know, like, dude, you... Steve has worn... Are you wearing the Bone Collector sweatpants right now? No. I, no. I'm Steve not. Than not Amy hit those for me. I cannot find them. Steve got a pair of Bone Collector sweatpants from the Bone Shed, and I, he literally wore them... He lived in them for six months. I wore them turkey hunting. Yeah. I'm not playing, dude. <laughs> oh, you know, my goodness. I, I don't... You know, that that's just kind of one of the things for me. I mean, you know, obviously there's there's things that you can do. Like, if you're going to, you know, if there's a free hunt that you can give away just to obviously get, let people get a taste, that's one thing. You know, but, but the fact that, like, if somebody were to, you know, approach us and, like, you know, if we ask somebody, hey, can you do can you do an hour? And we get it. You know, we've been doing this for a year. We've talked to a lot of people. And, you know, we're like, ah, oh, what's an hour out of their day? You know, how big? But... The longer we've been in it, like that hour is something really special for like a lot of these big names to do because we know how busy these people right. are. So now you're like, we're taking an hour out of your time and you're you're bending over backwards. I'm glad you can give that to us. But it's all of a sudden like, hey, man, can you give us three whole days out of your time of you making money just for us? Right. right. You know, that that's kind of how a lot of those – how it seems to me that they're coming off to you. It's like – Hey man, I know you put your hard-earned money into it. You know that you did some other job. Well, how come I can't have it for free? And don't get me wrong, there are a few guys that I've talked to this year that have been very compassionate, real down-home guys that mm-hmm. say, "I'm not asking you for a free hunt, but I would love a discounted one." Right. And I know you can't offer that. It'd be stupid for me to ask those humble guys, those honest guys. I'd love to do business with them. I'd right. Yeah, that, those I'd are the guys you want out. in camp. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And you get they showed you, you just... respect that you needed. Oh, exactly. Yeah. And and again, I'm I'm still half torn because there is a budget that you have to stay within, you know, and not every hunt is going to be set. But well, I mean, yeah, you, you know, got to put food plots in. You got all that yeah. stuff to do. I mean, that, I guess all that, that costs money. I guess I guess to me, you know, I've always been if somebody does something for you, you give it back to them twice. Sure. You know what I mean? No matter how long it takes. Like, I, I know that, you know, with... yeah, I, I, I've gotten a lot of stuff lent to me, and, you know, I always try and pay it back twice, if not three times, but it, sometimes it takes me a while. And, you know, if you're going to do a one-and-done type thing, you know, that's just that's not a good person. Exactly. You know, you don't want those people killing the deer that you worked so hard to, you know, to, to get big. You know what I mean? Exactly. These deer become... Well, I'm going to upset some people with PETA. But these deer are like our pets, but then we kill them. So it's a little different. I mean, we nickname these deer. We know where they live. I mean, they're, they're, they're like family. It's they, a weird type names, of relationship. It's a very that, strange relationship. Yeah, you it can't is. describe what type. Like my fiance, Sam, her friends are all respect hunting because they understand how passionate I am. And she, Sam actually knows a lot where I could put Sam in a room with someone who doesn't understand hunting. And Sam could explain to that person why it's good, why it's important, why I do it, and wh- what it means to me, and how she could almost give that person an understanding of the relationship right. we have with those wild animals that you, you you don't come up and pet deer. It's a different relationship. You have no contact with them. If really. I'm doing my job right, we're petting deer, basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's I like right. that. Right. We're so good, you'll pet deer. So good, but but, uh, but a real man. That's shoots your a, that's your uh, new slogan. I can't remember what I was. But going a real on. man shoots so a deer with a video with a with a camera or uh, shoots something that shoots back. That's always those anti-hunters like, do it with a knife. violence? Like, you <laughs> want me to shoot something that has a gun? Because a lot of people have guns. I, I don't know. If we could attach some type of rotary, like, weapon on the back of a deer and, like, 
Let it go. Oh, humans would be that dead. Would, that would be amazing. If deer could figure out how to use semi-automatic rifles, do we uh, humans would be dead? They can sneak up on you way before you could see them. Oh yeah, they could smell oh, yeah. you. We'd yeah, be, we'd yeah be sure. we, humans would be dead if animals figured out how to use. If white-tailed deer just got woke all of a sudden, we'd be stay we, woke. <laughs> we'd, be, we'd be done. No one knows what that means. But Those woke-ass buffaloes, man. It just stay means woke. Woke. Be open-minded and understand your surroundings. Everyone, get woke. Um, stay woke. Hashtag. Let's talk since you know you. We're in it right now. The outlook for 2016. this coming fall. 2016. 2016 is going to be one of, well, it is our technically our first year publicly doing this. It's going to be our best year yet. We have gotten into some of the best neighborhoods, and I mean genetics and pressure. I love, I love how you say neighborhoods. It's neighborhoods. It cool. is all like about, it's all about the neighborhood that you're in. You can get into the best spot in southern Iowa, but if... Brother Joe, Larry, and Bob down the street are taking their three buddies uh, from high school, and then their two cousins from Arkansas who come up here. <laughs> right, right. Uh, <laughs> or, I'm, or brother, I'm, I'm, or, I'm assuming that actually is a real situation. It happens. Oh, and yeah, they go party sure. hunting. I don't want to be in that neighborhood. I want to mm-hmm. be in managed properties, neighborhoods that can grow big deer consistently right. year after year. And that's what we have going for us. We did find one deadhead this year, and it was actually in Van Buren County. I think it was shot during gun season. Three-year-old buck, probably go about 130, 135. Solid. Would have been a heck of a good five-year-old deer. Mm -hmm. Uh, But nonetheless, 2016 is going to be great. We're going to have cameras out in about a week. Uh, We use Shock Effect Mineral. I'm not sure if you've ever heard of them. They're phenomenal. Facebook, do it. Uh, I'm an Illinois boy, so I can't really touch any of that stuff. Oh, yeah, I no, keep, I the, keep forgetting. <laughs> Guys, remember, Just like check, I'm weapons. still here. Before still you here. before you do well, anything, yeah. uh, check check your state laws. We don't want to be on the hook for that. Make sure you know if you can put any of this stuff out. If you can, go for it. Yeah, but if not, don't do it. Like All seriously, right. don't do it. <laughs> so if you're in Illinois, don't be stupid. If you're in if you're in Iowa, you can do things. Read the regs. Do it right. Right. But we use shock effect, and there's another mineral that we came across called whitetail seduction. Oh yeah, and I like it's, that. It's from Ohio, and <laughs> oh, I, shout out to Outtown Outtown Outdoors. They're from Ohio. <laughs> what if they use it? What's it called? We'll talk to them. Whitetail seduction. Whitetail seduction. Write that down. We'll talk to them. We got a podcast. Our buddies from Outtown Outdoors. Yeah, we'll, anyway. I I hope they can give me some free mineral out of this. I'll but talk to them. We'll talk a, to them. They have a current sale going on for about twenty percent off right now, and Ooh, dirt cheap prices for the quality get after it uh but we're getting mineral out actually this weekend we're gonna have the majority of our cameras up here uh within the next two or three weeks because finally racks are starting to show Mm -hmm. some some definition that we can actually see what bucket is okay can i can i ask you a question real quick i gotta clarify something we're talking about like summer deer they're growing and trail cams i'm i'm the last couple years well last year and this year i'm taking a different approach i'm not even going to go in and touch not even going to the woods to even put cameras up until like probably August and then I'm just going to leave them till I go into hunt and that's because you're heartbroken. No, it's no. not. Oh. No. But, that's but, why I would do it. What what I'm saying <laughs> is can you go in too early? Can you check your cameras too much? Cuz I know there's Yeah, certain, oh, sure. How often do you go in and check your cameras? For instance, my dad has a farm in Scott County, Iowa, it's right across from the Quad Cities. Like maybe 2% timber. Mm-hmm. But I can get a booner on that farm during the summer every single year. Now, I can check that camera every single week. You go in weekly? I can go in weekly, and that deer will not budge because he's used to my activity. He's 
been on this farm now for four years. Okay, that's one way to that's look at it. That's one thing to look at, but I can't hunt that deer anyway. It's just cool to look at, so I really don't care about busting it out. Right. Now on my farms that I lease and I manage, we, at a, at a, the smallest interval, we're talking three weeks. Three weeks. So say a the summer. Now, obviously, we're checking it as frequently as we can with the right wind, and we're you know, scent lock, right. scent killer, we're sprayed out. And we are very as scent free as we possibly get. I mean, we might be walking with instead of a GoPro on our head, we're walking with with the uh, Ozonics on our head, making sure we get in there scent free. We're <laughs> right, that, we're that anal. Get dark. in, get in, get out. Which you have to be because it's your business. Right. Do you do you like Ozonics? I'm buying one this year. I've I've heard seen them. I've hunted with guys with them. I've watched three or three deer over 160 walk directly downwind from them. Not a single deer busted. Okay. Everyone that has an Ozonics is like, I promise you. Give and, me a and pen. These people, I'm writing that down because I'm going to get those guys in the Ozonics on because I want to talk about. I, you know, people who tell us that they use Ozonics and they, they work are people who don't lie to us. Right. You know what I mean? Well, that we know of. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no, I just, not that I'm, I'm not heartbroken. I The property I hunt is very simple. It's just, it's 100% timber. It literally is. It's timber. And I used to go in, and I had bucks on camera, and then they leave food elsewhere. Right. Um, but I kind of went, because it's more of just a place where, I mean, they might bed, but it's all like the fringes. Right. And deer come through, so I try not to be out there. No one goes out there. Right. You know, I have a handful of cameras. I have like nine cameras, I think. Right. And I set them up. I scatter them. I'll have bucks there consistently, and I'll see them maybe early season. It just depends. It all it all varies right. from season to season. I actually try to break it down a little bit more thoroughly than that with cameras, uh, especially in the early season. If mm-hmm. I have a property that is, let's say it's the neighborhood's bedding source. I have a, Let's say I have 100 acres of strict timber and CRP. Yeah. Everything's bedding on it. Food's surrounding it. I'm going to be very, very cautious about when I'm checking cameras and how frequent. I might, I might let that go for a month and a half if you know, in terms of battery life and yeah, yeah. You know, memory space, mm-hmm. we have to be careful. But that, that it's very, very individualized, case by case basis. Yeah. Now we have a property that's a, strictly a funnel. They're going through there consistently. You can get bedding in, to bedding. You can get in and get out. Right. I mean, you can check that almost every two weeks. Yeah. Um, you know, at middle of the day, of course. Mm-hmm. That's what we try to do. We just try to be very smart about everything we do. Yeah. It's, and obviously, it, I can tell that from talking to you. But, <laughs> I mean, thanks. I mean, really though, if if you were bullshitting me, I'd be able to pick up on it. You know what I mean? Just like with anybody, you know. I mean, oh, sure. and with my situation, there's a lot of guys that maybe are kind of putting off a front that they maybe know more than what they really do. When I tell them someone, I'm like, I don't really check. I haven't been checking my cameras that much. I've been giving it a break. A lot of guys, are like, well, you need to get in there and do this. I'm like, well, you don't you don't know my property, right? You know what that's, I mean? That's exactly right. I've hunted my property since I was, I don't know. Thirteen, been bow hunting it since Nobody I was knows it better. fifty. You know, so and it worked out for me this year. You know, and it's all timber. It's so it, for me, it's hard to hunt. There's no pinch points where I'm like, oh, there's a pinch point. Sure. I'm moving in. Oh, it's sure. it, it's tough. Um, you almost need to hunt fences, almost. Yeah, I do. Yeah. For I'm all deer are fringe animals. Sure, yeah, you know that. Yeah. I, I mean, but it's uh, it's difficult. Oh yeah, it's a challenge. It's very difficult. There's uh, I think with a solid timber property, which I don't, I don't think I have one. Very few of them remain in southeast Iowa that aren't privately managed and hunted. Uh, but you don't need them to kill deer. Right. Well, I, hey, Matt, what I want to do now, since we're we're on the, the last chunk, and we'll uh, we'll give you a chance if we didn't hit something, you can hit it for sure um, cool. at the end of the episode. Cool. We're going to hit you with what we call, I, what we call a rapid-fire um, 
segment where cool. I, mean, I don't know if you're familiar. I know you listened to an episode or two where sure. we're going to ask you random questions. They're supposed to be one word, like or just one answer question. Simple. If you feel like you need to elaborate, you can. But we're gonna, gotcha. we're right. gonna this, some of these might be tough. Where you're like, oh, I have to elaborate. Okay. Your favorite camouflage pattern. Real tree. Real tree. I love it. Favorite outdoor magazine. Ooh. Outdoor life. <laughs> nice. Good magazine. I don't know. That might be one of the first. That is a first for outdoor life. Um, and we we've been having a lot of firsts the last few episodes. Favorite bow brand. That's a scary question. Yeah. No, go ahead. I, sh- I shoot Matthews. Second favorite bow brand. V- PSE. PSE, really? Okay. Right. Not that I'm judging you. but What Matthews do you shoot right now? A Creed XS. Ah, oh. I could have sold you in uh, slightly used one. You could have bought a second one, yeah. That's what he wants. <laughs> I don't um, need any more. Backstrap or jerky? Backstrap? I knew it. You were a backstrap guy. <laughs> Who doesn't like mark? I like jerky. It's a tough one. Go ahead. Favorite outdoor-related show? The Reluctant Outdoorsman on the Outdoor Channel. I'm not familiar. Uh, I've seen maybe a couple things from it. What What is that? I'm going to elaborate now. We <laughs> Go ahead. This is a show that someone who works for the Outdoor Channel, City Boy, we're talking maybe. Yeah, it, I, all right, oh, I know yeah. what you're, yeah, I know what you're talking he wears, about now. He wears sandals everywhere. Yep. Yes. They send him into different little outdoor situations. Yep. He, last week he was bull riding. Absolutely hilarious. <laughs> on his face. Yeah, now I know what you're talking about. This is an awesome show. Yeah, get that. It's I great. Gotcha. That's it's number great. one answer. I know what you're talking about now. Yep. We say this every time we ask this question on the rapid fire, and it's pretty designed to pat ourselves on the back, but we love it when people will show us up on it, and we're like, oh, yeah, geez, we're not as cool as we thought. Well, why don't you just ask? Favorite podcast. I have to explain why we no, ask. No, you it. don't. Ah. I know of two other podcasts. You guys are the coolest, chillest guys down to earth. I wouldn't go to the other guys. No way. What are the other podcasts that you like? I see them on Facebook. I follow them just because I like seeing some of their ads that they post. Who's that? Uh, it has Whitetail in their name. I scroll over it. Whitetail it actually, Endeavors? Yes. Whitetail Endeavors. Endeavors. Yeah, it's yep. good. Not not as good as us. Endeavors? Speaking from experience. I don't know. I don't know that podcast. Yeah, they're, they're real good. That's the only one I've <clears> ever <throat> seen other than you guys. Okay. Perfect. All right. Perfect. All right. Here's Dig deep into your thoughts here. Who's your favorite podcast host? How many hosts are at the table with me right now? Yep. You have to pick one. It's like picking a favorite child. You have to do it. I know who he's going to pick. He's got to pick someone oh, here. Oh, man, he's thinking. That's his heart beating. Ooh. We'll go with Kurt for today. Yes, there Eric. I beat Eric. And you, you know what? i got to tell you something. You Your face is real ugly. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you. That's what he says. I thought I had him sold when I was wearing the Cubs shirt today. This is going to be a fun question. I think you're a secret Cardinals fan. You know what? Uh, let's, we'll, let's, we'll talk about that on the end if we have time. <laughs> <laughs> Steve's going to get his ass beat outside my backyard. <laughs> It'll be quite okay. Kurt wants to fight people in his backyard. I think he wants a boxing ring back there. We should make it happen. I want to fight people. Just you. You're the only person I ever want to fight in my house. Those is two on one. Eric, you better jump in, dude. That's not a fair fight. No, um, right. Morning or afternoon hunts? Afternoon. All right. No elaboration. He just knows what he likes. Um, hang on or ladder stands? Hang on. Ooh. You act like, why would we ask you that? Kind of. Most ladder stands. No. Most ladder stands are under 17 feet. Yeah. I don't know too many legitimate bow hunters <laughs> who like to be 17 feet or under. 
Yeah. There was a solid point. Did you see uh, what's it? The Lindsay way. I think they're getting a show. They used to be part of the Drury. I'm I'm digging those guys, man. I like what they're doing. Oh yeah. They, they posted a photo and dude, this ladder stand had to be like 32 feet in the air. I saw that. That's when you you take a 20 foot ladder section that you can buy like off sportsman guide. Yeah. And then you start adding the the second one that you bought together. Oh, (laughs) to make one. Dude, that might actually be 37 feet. They just slide together, man. That's scary. Hey, that's a little spooky. That ladder. Oh, you're on a ladder, you know, or whatever. You know, in the <laughs> middle of that, you're just swaying back. Yeah, right, forth. dude. Dude, you can put bars on there, dude. If nothing no, else is, you're, like, you're shooting at forty yards, but you're still ankled down. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So a deer that's at one yard is still forty yard shot. You just jump on that sucker and hurt the right. Land, right? <laughs> yeah, right, dude. You won't fall in time. By the time you start, by the time you jump and you fall, that deer is has forty already, yards out. The deer, if, if it was a fawn, it already lost its spots. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I like that. Such a long fall. <laughs> <laughs> that was perfect. Say, it depends on your aerodynamic build, dude. That's funny. If it was it, funny. You're you're standing so high. If you shot at it with a bow, if it was a fawn, it would already lost its there spots. You go. I like it. <laughs> that's Kurt's stands right there man. um yeah i yeah they're spooky but if they had they had a ladder it'd be way scarier dude yeah oh, we'll, sure. we'll, we'll show you that picture it's nuts um beer Trail. or liquor i don't drink but when i did i made homemade apple pie Ooh. Oh, okay so this sounds like someone's not cool anymore okay what's your dream hunt dream hunt is a kodiak island bow hunt after brown bear Oh, man, like a little nice. too specific. Someone's research. With a recurve. Oh. You know what, our buddy... Actually, uh, let's go longbow like Fred Bear. Let's do it right. Nice. Our buddy oh, Scott nice. Clark, who's Canadian, so I don't know why he's our buddy. He's our associate. Uh, he was hunting bear with a recurve. And, um, yeah, maybe check him out this weekend, guys. Um, <laughs> Just saying. Favorite tree stand snack? Ooh. Other than skull. <laughs> I would I would say an apple. You can't go wrong with an apple. When an apple, because I guess when it's you're natural. Apple, Thought he didn't like Hoyt. Just... <laughs> <laughs> deep. That was deep. That Real was, deep. Little, deep. Favorite uh, favorite pro wrestler. Fake is pro. Like, how, like I love wrestling? the pause. Huh? Oh yeah. my goodness! If there's you gonna get, be one, you gotta elaborate pause, on this. Let, let's I, hear it. You can say Kurt Angle. I know you want to. I'm gonna have to go to Stone Cold. Ah, uh, that's it. It's two times in a row. Two, right. two weeks in a row. Sweet. Um, fixed or mechanical broadheads? Mechanical. Mechanical. Um, wh- how do you feel about? Give me a yay or a nay. Wearing camo outside of the woods. Yay, yay, yay. Yeah, really? Right. Okay. I'm, I'm a face paint, face mask, or none. Or e- face paint, deer hunting, face mask, turkey hunting, none. When you're in home. <laughs> when you're at home okay <laughs> good date with a supermodel or 500 acres of hunting ground for one weekend i have my supermodel at home so therefore acreage playing it there safe she must there be listening go. to the show good man just good man there you go. just, um, in just in case playing it safe get anything else that w- did we miss anything that we the, the people need to know people need to know that outfitters are not bad people they're well not all of them they're not bad hunters. There's a reason. There's a purpose. Mm-hmm. Outfitters are good. They provide some very good opportunities for people that could use them. Right. And before, any, just like anti-hunters who bash you left and right without having any clue about what they're talking about, there's a lot of hunters that also do that regarding outfitting. Mm-hmm. If you're going to bash somebody, 
do your research, right. get your facts straight, and then go at them. So just right. to okay. just to back that up so people can research you, what is your social security number and date of birth? Just so people can get <laughs> right. an idea of what kind of person you Better are. Better off <laughs> your website, your social media, where can people find Everything. you? Website is huntiowawhitetails.com. That'll be in the description of the episode. And so will the Facebook page, which is Facebook slash Midwest Dreamland. No spaces. And uh, my social is... I can't do that. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> On Instagram, um, Twitter. Instagram, my stepkids have it, so I don't. Twitter, <laughs> Twitter, all I did was start retweeting, and I got called an idiot, so I got off of that. So I'm just strictly on Facebook. Not a bad idea. All right. So, um, you know, if, if people want to, like, again, you know, no joking aside, do want to get to know you, um, like you said, you know, that's, and you want to get to know them, um, what's the best way to contact you? And are you free for people to just call you and you set something up? Like I talk to everyone who calls me other than the IRS. I will talk to everyone. <laughs> I will talk to everyone who calls me. This guy is, knows taxation is theft. <laughs> yes, hundred uh, percent. I will answer every phone call as long as it's not an eight hundred number, for the most part. And I'm up very late at night doing anything regarding the outfitting on the computer up late. So I get up as early as I can the next morning. I'm available all the time. And if someone just wants to talk hunting, somebody wants to maybe inquire about a hunt they might want to go on. Um, Feel free to give me a call. I'm always open. Cool. I will never turn anybody down for asking a question that, you know, maybe they want some knowledge on. That's cool. awesome. You yeah, know, they, and you can't ask for anything more. Yeah, right. guys, try them out. You know, see if you, um, you know, if, uh, I'm sure if you listen to this show, you're a good fit because you're a good person because you listen to this show. Um, yeah, set up set up a hunt for the, uh, are, wait, are you all booked for 2017? For 2016? For 2016, I have only gun hunts remaining. And we're giving what I'll actually do. I wasn't planning on doing this, but anyone who's listening to this, if they can prove that they listen to it through you guys, and you guys can confirm it, give out a code word. We'll say Stone Cold Steve Austin. No, well, no, we're gonna do working class bow hunter. Add something to the end of it. MDL. Okay, okay. working class bow hunter. MDL. That's the secret word, guys. And what message you on Facebook well, or message me on Facebook? Shoot me a text message on my cell phone five six three three two zero six eight seven five, which should also be in the description. Yep, I got yep. it in there. And yep. we will give you two hundred fifty dollars off your gun hunt this year if you can. You have to apply for your tag before June fifth. Time's running up here quick. Oh, it's gonna be Oof. tight. Yeah, it's gonna be tight. Yep. Or if you're an Iowa resident and maybe two hundred fifty dollars was the difference in the decision, give me give me a call. Okay, perfect. Um. Steve, Eric, you guys want to add anything? No, this is uh, man. This has been a, a good episode. Fun episode, man. a lot of information. I, we appreciate you, you, you making the drive all the way down here. Do you live in Eldridge still? No, I do not live in Eldridge. I live in Bettendorf. There's too much concrete, <laughs> but it's not a bad drive. It's nice to get out in the country and get some fresh air. I used right. to live in Bettendorf. Really? Yeah. Um, no joke. Really? I'll, tell you, I'll tell you where after the episode. We'll, we'll talk about the Cubs in Bettendorf after this. Nah. <laughs> so, guys, thank you so much for listening, listening to, to this fans. episode. Um, <laughs> we got, like we said before in the last couple of episodes, we're cranking them out. We got an episode. The next episode will be with Gene Miller, again, one of our really good buddies. Um, and then we're doing a listener call-in episode, um, the episode after that, if everything goes as planned. We got our slots filled up. We might be able to squeeze one or two more in. It might be might end up being a real long episode if we do that. But uh, if you are interested, 
get a hold of us, and the next time we do it, we'll try and get you on. Yeah, please don't um, be afraid to, to message us if you want to be on. Yeah, like, we'll talk uh, to anyone. It'd be yeah. a 10-minute thing. I know we, we've got a limited time slot, but please do it. We, we'd love to talk to you. Right. Uh, workingclassbowhunter.com, guys. Get on there. Shoot us an email, a message on Facebook, whatever. Smash Instagram. that like button on Instagram. Yeah, don't do don't. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, that's all I got, I think. That's it, man. Guys, get through the work week. Thanks for listening. We love you. Go shoot your bow. Thanks. You'd think, with four of us spread out on a tiny island, that the task of tagging a whitetail would not be a big thing. But, as I've learned, no matter where I've been, whitetails can be damn tricky. Pursuing wild game in wild places. Tune in to Hunt Stand Presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.